Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Welcome back to GFA Missions Podcast ReChurch. Again, Marshall Fant here. Very thankful for GSA, GFA sponsoring this podcast and all they do. So thanks to the staff. And I think personally, today's podcast is going to be very, very valuable. Jason Rochester, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. All Thanks right, so Jason, I've been familiar with his family for quite a while. So in the pastoral world, um, Jason, there's certain partnerships you form as a pastor. And we formed a partnership with uh, the company, your dad's company and your company you work for. Uh, so before, so launch into the topic for us. So tell everybody, um, and again, I'm biased uh, towards your company. So this is not a company, I'm, I'm, this is not a commercial but this is okay. a very, uh, it's an information that wherever the church goes and gets um, partners with an insurance company, um, you know, that's that's the topic. So introduce yourself and, and how you ended up where you are uh, at this stage of life. Thanks, Marsh. It's a pleasure to be with yeah. uh, everybody and to be with you to talk about insurance risk management, particularly in the focus on church safety and security. I think for a lot of Ministries, when they think about insurance, they know they have to have it. And it's one of those necessary evils yeah. that's in place. But yeah. as far as what coverages they have, are they sufficient? And then even risk management and how that helps structure their policy, something that can be very foreign for ministry. So I came out of the, the ministry world. So I was an associate pastor in Pennsylvania until 2013. Okay. When the Lord moved my family back to South Carolina. And I jumped on board with my family's insurance agency. It's a third generation agency yep. that's formerly Rochester Insurance. And then beginning of 2021, uh, we formed a partnership with our underwriting carrier, Brother Mutual Insurance Company, uh, to form American Church Group of South Carolina. So we work with churches, Christian colleges, uh, Christian schools, Christian camps all over the state. Yeah. Um, and for mission brotherhood and mission boards and mission yeah. boards. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know we're offices. Yeah. 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 So all, I know we're, so. we're seeking y'all's advice on a policy on, on coverage right now. Right. As we're, yeah. as we're yeah. doing that right now. All right. So Jason, all right. And again, I'm very biased. Okay. Because I worked with brotherhood mutual as a partner, uh, and there are other church mutuals, another one out there. So I'm not, this is, this is not simply an advertisement of Brotherhood Mutual. I want to advertise and convince of the concept of partnering with a, a insurance company that understands ministry, right? All right. So you use the word risk assessment. So for the average pastor, how, d- define risk assessment for us. Yeah. So there can be some very technical definitions and I should probably say through this all, but I am an insurance agent, not an attorney. So with things I'll even talk about and, and uh, even recommendations or things that we see with our churches, the best thing is always to consult with your insurance agent that you have for your ministry, who you're working with. If it gets into policies and procedures, you need to check with the local licensed attorney on what's best for your ministry with your conditions and and local, um, and in your state, uh, right? I mean, especially your within state, your yeah. state, that's so crucial. Good. Okay, great. Absolutely. It is. Yep. Yeah. So 
So risk management is the key thing, first of all, is identifying, assessing the exposures or risks that ministry has. A lot of times we talk about exposures for churches like exposure, what's an exposure? Mm. But risk is something that is more on their mind. So this could be the risk of their facilities. Um, Who's in their facilities? Who's who's using the facilities and um, the buildings, parking lots? You got people that are just walking on the street and be on your church premises can fall and break their leg. And now you're, you have a potential med pay exposure yeah. that's there on your ministry's insurance policy. That right. person was even there for a yeah. service. They were just walking can, on your property. Can I, so can I stop right there? Can I stop right yeah, there? Absolutely. So sure. the mail carrier to our church. Okay. She pulls up right to yeah. the door comes in and she goes out and turns her ankle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and all of a sudden we get a workman's comp claim against her, and all you know, and, and it's just the mail carrier. And obviously, yeah. I took a picture of the parking lot. I, I sent it to your company, and and they, no, this is not a case. Okay, but you, I mean, what you just said is real life. So I, I had to, I had to park right there when you brought that up. It, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely. I mean, so much of it on on a daily basis. What ministries are going through? We just think about ministries on Sunday and a midweek yeah. Bible study, yeah. small groups, thing, meeting people's homes. But there's exposures on a daily basis for yeah. ministries, yeah. and that's a lot of what we do is we want ministries to understand that and to know how their policy needs to be structured to make sure that they're handling it. That and from a risk management standpoint, are they doing? what they need to do on their end, putting policies and procedures yeah. together, communicating to their right. staff, to their volunteers, uh, to their church members about what they're doing. Uh, so that everybody's on the same page. Um, youth ministry is a big exposure. You know, yeah. we think about defending the, the defenseless and who's working with your children and youth. I joke with some ministries to say, you know, ideally you don't want that person who just started coming last week to volunteer for the right. junior high overnight or trip that right. you're going to have like across the state. It's not a good idea. Right. You want to have people that have been there for a while. You want people, I mean, ideally that are members that then if there's a, a church covenant or yep. statement of faith, something that they're agreeing to, adhering to, to right. join yep. a little bit more of not just someone off the streets that's not, and is looking to cause trouble at the church, but who, how do you do background checks? Who's getting those background checks done on? How frequently yeah. do you do them? And just right. assessing um, what are the activities that that your youth are participating in? Uh, facilities agreements is another thing too. We talk about ministries facilities. Um, who do you allow to use your ministries facilities, and then what requirements are in place? Right. You could have someone in your church has a, a a birthday party, and they want to use the church fellowship hall for cake and ice cream and the open presents. Okay, there's that, and then you have uh, AA or uh, an HOA. Um, that wants to come and use your facilities or a group that does not align with where the church's values are at and the exposure that's there in place. Um, could they sue for discrimination if you don't allow them to use your facilities? So all these things are exposures that are just giving real examples that we see with ministries on a, right. on a daily basis that they're going through of assessing these exposures and then this, so there's first assessing them, but proper risk management is going to be then taking steps to minimize the damage or containing the risk by proactively engaging their ministry leaders and members uh, to potential to minimize the potential of these exposures becoming a reality and having to deal with them potentially being uh, an allegation. 
um, or a suit that's brought against the ministry. Um, and uh, it, it takes just one allegation. It takes one one thing to be brought against the ministry uh, that can do extreme devastation. All right, can you, First of all, most importantly, to the name of Christ, but yeah. then to that church, to that community, because that's what people think of on that. So when you're doing risk management and you're, you're identifying the exposures, the risk that your ministry has currently or potentially has because of what you're doing, and then you got to be proactive with what those exposures are and those risks that you have. And that way, and the, one of the main things on this is for safety and security is one of the main ones on that is because no ministry can guarantee that this Sunday that they're not going to have someone come in with a knife yeah. or a weapon yeah. or to have a domestic dispute of someone who's disgruntled with a spouse or there's a custody battle yeah. and they come in and they're, they're going to wreak havoc on your ministry, on the congregation, on your members, on, on people attending the visitors that are coming for the first time, you can't guarantee that it's not going to happen for your ministry. So how can we be proactive with risk management to protect the church in these kind of circumstances, particularly today where we're talking about church safety and security? All right. So let's back up. Now, uh, I think it's very important to emphasize something you said. All it takes is one allegation. Yes. Right. Doesn't matter if it's true, true or not the allegation can disrupt ministry. And so the assessment of what you're talking about helps just identify potential areas of it, what you would call exposure, right? Is that the way you Absolutely. want to word it? So yes. we want to do the assessment and then minimize the risk associated with that assessment. Yes. Okay. So yeah. let's identify if you can walk us down this path, what would be, um, some major, as you assess and assist churches, because this is what you do. So you mentioned domestic violence. Okay, so can we just park right there first, Jason? Sure. And explain the how you how, how would you minimize the risk? How how would you assess that and then minimize the risk on something like domestic violence? Or let's define it first. Okay, let's define it. Yeah, and domestic violence. But yeah, domestic violence. I mean, an example of that would be you're having a domestic dispute of particularly the one that we see the most common amongst churches is a spousal disgruntled where there's a um, child custody pastor for a minister. So yeah, it could yeah. be child custody, but you could even have counseling being given um, by a leadership of the church to a spouse. And the disgruntled spouse is saying, I, I don't like the counseling that my wife or my husband's receiving uh, from that ministry, from that church. And they, they go to take matters into their own hands by seeking out the pastor or that ministry leader. Could be midweek when maybe not as many people are there. They could do it on a Sunday morning and come in and, uh, and, and try to take matters into their own hands in that situation. And, and it could be a very dangerous situation to find themselves in, as you mentioned, child protection, uh, child custody battle that can be taking place. And a lot of times with these situations, the the members of the church, they don't know what's going on no. in the situation. Yeah. For, for that matter, how much of that does the church leadership know about what's right. going on in the background on that? So yeah. being aware of that and communicating, especially with um, ushers, greeting teams, yeah. deacons, those are going to be sometimes those, that first line yeah. 
when people are coming to the church that we like to talk about DLRs doesn't look right. What are those things that just seem off as people are coming in and there's just, just something different that's there and, and, and greet them, talk to them, find out what's going on and just how can I help you? Just, just those right. words can just disarm that person from getting them off track of what they're focused on doing to then maybe just get me break down, get help and say, you know, I, I need to talk to somebody. You, you never know what right. can be taking place, but if you can have your ministry engaged for just looking for those things, we hope it doesn't happen, but we can't guarantee that it's not going to happen. And so that's why we want to make sure that ministries are proactive with that. And, um, and that's, right. so let's back yeah. up to the safety and security team. All right. So let's, yeah. cause that's just where the, you know, this is, Yep. This is kind of, you keep mentioning that, and this is a key element. All right, so let me say this. Doing ministry, all right, we've got to do ministry in our communities. It gets messy. If we're not, you know, we, can, we can't be the ivory tower of just, you know, perfect people, perfect theology, because then we're not reaching our Jerusalem. All right, but right. so as we're doing that, we've got to be good stewards, and therefore this is where companies like Brotherhood Mutual can come in and actually give guidelines of how to develop and train a safety and security team. You want to comment on that? Because I know how you helped, your company yes. helped us develop our, our safety and security team. So just if, a, yes. if they, let's say a church doesn't have it or it's barely functional, how can, how do you assess it? And then how does somebody like you come in and help train that? Yeah, that's probably one of the most frequently asked questions our HC gets is how do we get started with forming a church safety and security team? I think most ministries would just pull three, four, five ministries that they know in the area that they are associated with and, and know that are already doing it or asking, hey, do you have something that we could mimic or look at and see right. if we could take the best of everybody's policies and form it to our own? But one of the key exposures that's there is that you want to make sure your insurance company knows what you're doing and has a policy in place or doesn't have a policy yeah. in place. Yeah. Um, does your policy involve volunteers caring? Uh, South Carolina state law is that you have to have permission from church leadership to carry on church premises. Right. That's different than Georgia. It's different than North Carolina. Each state's going to be different on that, but you, you want to just not assume uh, these kind of things and, and putting those policies and procedures in place if your insurance company is looking at this, say, okay, we uh, do you have policy and procedure in place? Are you allowing individuals to carry? They're going to want to know that because that could affect how they cover sure. your ministry. Sure. And so that's something that brothers have been very proactive with to say, we don't want ministries just trying to wing this right. and figure it out on their own. We want to put together something where they consulted some of the best experts in church safety and security. And then from the attorneys at Brotherhood Mutual that have, written the policies that how the coverages are going to apply have come together to put together the safest secure church kit, uh, which will have some information in the show notes on how to get connected with that. Yeah. You can buy just the guidebook right. that provides the nuts and bolts of why should, why should you put a team together? Who should be on the team? Should you allow individuals to carry? How many people should you allow to carry on the team? And then actually putting together the policies and procedures based on their template. You can use yeah. that template as your, your sure. starting point and then modify it for your ministry, which is a huge help yeah. for ministries to do that. And then you get the training with videos that they put together, walking through scenarios. Okay. Your ministry's in this situation. This is the context. Here's the scenario that's played out. 
how would your ministry respond? And then your, your safety team can pause the video, talk about it as a group. Yeah. How would we respond with our current policies, procedures, and then see what best practices are. So it's just that counsel when you have someone like Brother Mutual that's ensuring now over 60,000 ministries across the country, across the entire United States, you are not the only ministry out there that's asking these kind of questions and wanting to do it in the best way possible. So that's why it's such a resource that Brother it can put together risk management resources like this for your safe and security teams. Um, there is a promotional code uh, right now to where you can, you can save uh, 25% on the okay. um, safe and secure church kit on it. Just trying to make it affordable, but you can spend a lot of money sure. in church safety and security training uh, for ministry. So it's, it's a great help when my brother can put that together for ministries. Right. So let me piggyback on that for two illustrations. Number one, you know, we did this, we took y'all's counsel. We then budgeted. So the security team, safety and security team would have money for, you know, I don't know, practice ammo to training. And I remember one, one Saturday they said they required the nursery workers to come in and they rehearsed A shooter comes in and they actually fired blanks in the building. So the nursery workers would be aware. This is what it sounds like in this building. If you hear gunfire. So I was mm-hmm. just so impressed that, you know, through some you know guidance that y'all had given and other guidance, they, they took that training. And then let me say one other thing under the security, we had a family whose, um, young teenage boy was a registered sexual offender in the state of South Carolina. So my first call was to who brotherhood <laughs> mutual. And so in this safety and security team, y'all helped us develop a policy that if a registered sex offender was in our church, this is what must take place to protect the youth. So y'all are have to, you're the ones insuring us, but I will forget how thorough, you know, you guys helped us. Now that didn't work out. They chose to go to a different church, but the fact you equipped us, you helped us assess the situation and then equipped us to then, all right, this is the policy and procedures that we'll put in place. So these are the kind of things you don't think about. Uh, until, but you know, so y'all have been to that go-to source for that. All right. So you got, so let's go back to domestic violence or, or disruptive individuals. You want to comment on disruptive. So again, we're talking about common problems that come into the church, domestic dispute, and then I think another one, um, somewhere along the way you mentioned was disrupted individuals. So you want to take off with that because this is a distraction um, is that the right wording? How do you want to, yeah. and, and I love your yeah. wording. If it just, doesn't look right. Okay. It doesn't look right. It's easy. It's easy to just hang your hat on that to say, yeah, if it, if it doesn't look right. it's like, what's, what's sticking? Something's not adding up here. Something seems off. Um, a ministry in Tennessee on Easter Sunday, a couple of years ago, had a, a lady on their uh, greeting team who identified a guy with a backpack trying to sneak off to the balcony of the church mm. and just was like, I'm, I'm going to go and talk to this gentleman. So we said, Hey, you know, welcome to our church and how you doing? And you can tell I got the guy off uh, his course. Yeah. Stopped yeah. him and startled yeah. him for a minute and didn't know what to do. Come to find out, I mean, he had a, a backpack full of ammunition Whoa. that he was taking up to the balcony for Easter Sunday and was, it could have been a 
horrific situation for the ministry, but it was someone on this on the safe the greeting team. Yeah. That was that was coming there using walkie-talkies to pull somebody in there. So these kind of disruptive situations, even uh, you could have on the medical side disruptive. Yeah. Okay. Someone who has a stroke or a heart attack during a service. And there's that, how do you respond to the medical side of that disruptive aspect of it, which we could talk a lot about that. And normally it's, we talk about the security, about active shooter situations, someone coming in with a gun to the church. But statistics are far more likely that your ministry is going to have a medical emergency right. yeah. happen in your ministry services than you are an active shooter situation. Um, so those those disruptive individuals, it could be the I'm coming to cause harm. I'm, it's the custody battle. It's the mm-hmm. domestic dispute. It yep. could also be the person yep. that's not intending, intending to be sure. uh, disruptive, but they are because of unforeseen circumstances. But it it makes people on edge. they don't know how to respond. And then they look to the church and to the leadership of how they're going to respond in the situation. You know, you have someone that passes out in a service or has a stroke. And I don't know from your years of doing it, you probably have had some kind of medical heart attack and seizure. Yes. Yes. That brings things to us to a screeching halt uh, when that takes place because you want them to get the medical attention they need. Uh, So you just to know that these things can take place is right. part of the solution to at least identify that, to be aware of it. And then to talk about as what's best for your ministry on commu- putting together policies and procedures of how you're going to respond. Does it make sense for you to have a church safety team mm-hmm. from the protecting your ministry's facilities? But it, does it also make sense for you to have yeah. uh, a medical team yeah. together? Do you have medical professionals that are in your ministry? Right. That could step in and assist in a situation like that. So, you know, when you look at it, there can be so many different ways that a, a service can be disrupted for ministries. Uh, yeah. And so wanting to be intentional with our approach with it and having the conversation. That's where if for our ministries, we welcome them to call our, our team, call our office sure. and talk to our service team, talk to our agents. Because we we much rather have that conversation with the ministry. Okay, we're thinking about doing this. We're looking at implementing some policies, procedures. Yeah. Do you have some best practice resources? That's a much more pleasant conversation to have than to say, all right, so here's the situation that we're in right now. And we wish we would have contacted you right. a couple of months before to have this in. So it's just right, being let me, proactive. And let me follow that. up. So after y'all did ours at one point, our medical security team or safety team, I guess you would say medical safety team, you know, as a pastor, you know, we're used to having the answers theologically, but we're not prepared to handle medical emergencies. I know we'll forget I sat there and you all recommended to having an infant CPR team for the nurseries. That was so far. I mean, it's one of those things, guys, we can pray and study all you want to, but and I just remember the confidence saying, wow, okay, we now have an infant CPR team trained and posted in the child, you know, where the children stay. And I don't know, as you think about, you know, because we all think about the children's being vulnerable and you got the children area blocked off, and you got all the security for children's area. But it, it so anyway, that, that was kind of a rabbit trail. But I just never forget as a pastor of how comfortable I felt, you know, once – this was part of the assessment, 
and then okay and part of the recommendation. So that's again just another specific example. Anything else on disruptive individuals or medical or or security there? Because I want to shift um, into one other area here. Yeah, I, I think um, the on the medical side, just because that is there's a greater exposure for ministries than the active shooter situation. I'm not trying to dismiss the active shooter side, but because no, that's real too. The medical, yeah. It is. It yeah, is real. It's real. And um, it, and then how does your ministry respond to that? It's also, as you're identifying who those medical professionals are, your yeah. ministry, you have good Samaritan law, in South Carolina, for those that are not medical professionals, it's going to come to their aid. But for the medical professionals, malpractice is, uh, is a, a real deal for them that they have to weigh out the how that's going to play in to them stepping into that situation so once again talking to your insurance provider for your ministry's church insurance policy to see how do how is coverage going to to work i mean you'd have to have that dialogue um if if i could stress of of all this and something that we talk to our ministries a lot of especially ministries that are looking at reevaluating their insurance situation and not currently with us is you can't assume insurance coverage you can't make that assumption that, well, we're doing this. There's probably other churches that are doing it. The insurance company probably is aware of this and it's, it's probably fine. Right. It's probably going to be okay. You can't make assumptions with your ministry's insurance coverage. That's what you have to be proactive of reaching out and asking specific questions about, do we have coverage for this or that? If you ask a general question, right. Chances are you're going to get a very general sure. answer. Sure. You know, do we have coverage? for our church safety team? Well, that's a very broad question. How, you know, how granular yeah. do you want to go with that? So, all right, so, all right, stop, where, so stop right there. So a church safety yeah. team, you mentioned about three things that could happen with a church safety team. So one of them would be like excessive force, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I never thought about that, Jason. Mm-hmm. So uh, just pick up on, because some things you mentioned were like three, three things that could happen and of course, we know that's three of a gazillion, but three, some concerns that really could happen to the safety and security team. All right. So we form it, right? We do all our research, right, Jason? And we come to you and you help us and we identify this. But, but so just the three you gave me, number one was the safety, they could be accused of excessive force. So what does that mean? What does that, what could yeah. that be? You have individuals in your ministry that are on the team. And they need to take action in a situation where you do have an active shooter situation. You have someone who's a threat to your ministry's facilities, to your ministry's people, and you need to take action. Then you have that exposure of excessive force and that of how do they take action. Uh, It could be as small as removing somebody from a service that's causing disruption. Right. He's being very vocal, very loud causing people not to be able to worship and you pull them out and they, they cause a scene. They sue for emotional embarrassment. Yeah. You know, they, they come out of the church with that. You could have that. You could have to where if your church policy procedures have, where at a point as you're going through the, the checkpoints of your, your SOPs, your standing operating procedures of how your policies to work. If it gets to that point where those that are caring do have to yeah. fire their weapon at the individual I mean, you're, you're opening up, a, that's a, a world from it, from insurance legal standpoint that like so going back to what I said, you have to have that conversation with your insurance carrier on how they're going to provide coverage for that because you have that, okay, well, it could have been handled in a different way or 
the, the church safety team member didn't have to respond that way. There's a lot that comes into play with that. And how, where's coverage going to come? Is that safety team member going to be just hanging out there by themselves where they have to go purchase their own liabilities, liability coverage. Is it going to be on their homeowners coverage for liability coverage on that? So when you have, you know, for brotherhood to provide primary liability coverage for ministries, safety team for their churches, uh, that's a huge deal. It and is. for the, ex- that, that when they have to take action and actually jump into a situation and, and that, okay, now we're this, we're using force here. We're having to take matters into our own hands to get a hold of the situation. Um, that's, that gives, that can give insurance carriers heartburn, significant heartburn in a situation like that. All right. So let me just, let me make application to this. I know we're, going a little bit long and we may have to we'll come back and I got another whole topic I want to talk to you about <laughs> facilities sure. and forms and to, to yeah. remove liability. So let's just park right here, safety and security, and then we can wrap this one up. But all right. So I want to give you, again, I have confidence in, in your company, but so, and if you're talking through this guy, so that may never happen to us and maybe everything happened to our church. I don't know. But two specific examples when you're talking about people being removed from the service and you you could be exposed. We had a um, young man walk into the service about 10 minutes after it started. We ministered in a college town, so it was a college-age kid, with a black hoodie and a black backpack. Sat on the back row. And so our security team very quietly went out just met him one-on-one and said, will you step into the lobby with us? But, you know, if that kid, he, he was pulled out of the service in front of, let's just say, 250 people, 200 people, whatever. If he really got offended at that age and maybe he was setting us up, he could have sued us for public embarrassment, right? I mean, that's real, right? Yeah, so this is what well. you're coming in and trying to help you're trying to make sure the security and safety team can do what they can do as they, as they are engaged in this part of the ministry. Is that, is that a fair way to say it? It's a very fair way to say it. You know, ministries, I, I think you alluded to earlier, for those that are in Bible college, they're, they're trained to become pastors and ministry leaders. Yeah. This isn't only covered in most classes that they're no. going to be taking. I mean, no. this is the very nitty gritty of just, the practical aspect of this is what happens in ministry. There's that side of it. Yeah. And we want our ministry leaders to be able to focus on ministry, on the furtherance of the gospel and yeah. their community to their church, the discipleship to take place. But this is part of doing ministry. The The other side of the coin of ministry is that exposure and that risk that's there that it, yeah, it can, it can happen. And as I said, can you prove, can you authoritatively say that you're not going to have that domestic dispute that, active shooter situation that medical emergency yeah not happened this sunday for your ministry you can't no. and then bar, i mean in insurance in general you're transferring risk that's what insurance is you're transferring the risk oh. to your insurance carrier say i'm going to they're going to provide coverage instead of us having to pay right. in the event that we find ourselves in a situation those now endorsements on the policy to take care of that so you have to utilize that in your insurance policy and make sure that they're covering you for those things so that you can focus on ministry because it's, 
in doing this with almost 2,000 ministries that we partner with in South Carolina, I can't tell you how many times talking about, you know, and we're talking about the particular particular um, lane here of church safety and security, yeah. but it applies to so many others where you talk to the ministry leaders and it's like, we just didn't think it would happen here. Uh, we didn't think where our church was located at mm-hmm. that it would happen here. We're, we're a remote rural ministry that people don't normally drive by much. You gotta, you have to make an effort to get here to right. be at our services and it happens. Right. So it's just, it's just don't have that perception of, okay, well, since it hasn't happened before, we're probably going to be fine. You, you don't want to, there, there's too much at stake. There's too much at stake for, for the ministry, for the name of Christ and the community. Um, and uh, you just want to be prepared and to have that conversation with people that can, as Thankfully, y'all were able to have for your ministry. Yeah. Say, we need help with this. What right. do we do? How do yeah. we put these things together in place? Yeah. So, all right. So, my next challenge. I want to start wrapping this up. Next challenge. I want to give a challenge to chaps. Uh, give a challenge to pastors. I can't get my words out. And here's why. All right. So, our men work with Brotherhood Mutual. Put together our safety and security manual training team. You know, they all helped us. We put it together in writing, pages, training, and then they said this. Uh, you recommended more training in some area, and they rec- and they had a – so I put together a workshop, you know, for it that y'all had somewhere along. found out through this all the help that's available. And they said, Pastor, we want you to go. It's on a Saturday morning. I said, guys, I ain't got time. All right, but they convinced me to go. Jason, that was the most eye-opening Saturday morning I have spent in a long time. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, of, of training that y'all had recommended through somebody. And, and so as a pastor, it changed my perspective on, on just the whole safety and security team and how I as a pastor need to do all I could to equip and give these guys the tools they need so they can do what God had called them to do in our local church. So, again, this is just, you know, so I want to challenge the pastors that if – your security team wants you to go to a Saturday morning seminar or whenever it is, take the time to go to it, to show them the support that they need. So, you know, I just wanted to say that. So again, you know, I've had uh, experience with your company of helping us partner the way I introduced this partnering with us. So again, we're going to put uh, your email address in the show notes and you can farm that out if somebody requests that. All right, so give me a two-minute wrap-up on just on safety and security team, and we'll have to come back and cover the rest of it later podcast. <laughs> so give us your burden as a both a theologically trained pastor, which you are, and uh, someone that's helping churches with risk assessment and, and managing that risk. So give us a one-minute, one two-minute summary, Jason. There have been... Uh, approximately 25 that we identified, 25 attacks on churches in since Columbine high schools shooting. Mm. And there's been of that probably five, it looks like right now, five in 2022 alone. Wow. Uh, a domestic dispute, an active shooter situation. Um, just this past week, there was a, a shooting at a church van in our state that took place. Wow. You look at these things and the exposure that's there. It's, we're, we're past the point of, oh, I should probably be aware of it. It's been on everybody's minds right. for a few decades now, particularly in the last decade in our state when we look at it. 
So be now you're referring back. Wait a minute. So we're in South Carolina. So you're referring back to the Charleston shooting. Is that yes, what you're okay? Yeah. So Mother Manuel, Manuel Amy for yeah. the shooting. And but, that was but, on a, yeah, that so was at night, right? That was an evening service, if I remember right. It was a yeah. So that was not your Sunday morning yeah, traditional. Yeah. That was a okay. midweek Bible study that they allowed the, the individual. They they had them come in and had the backpack and yeah, okay. It sat in the service for a while. So you you look at these things. Yeah, it's happening at two. It's far too often but happening to where ministries have to be on guard and be ready for this. To not have a head in the sand approach. And and I think that's oh, well, we're doing the work of the ministry. We're doing what God's called us to do. Yes, and please do that. But at the same time, be aware of the exposure that's there. That as people are coming to your ministry to worship and to to serve and be part of plugging into the body, there is an expectation that you're going to protect them as well right. from harm that comes. Yes. So have a conversation with your leadership, with your with your deacons, with your trustees, with your church safety team, just those that have that desire to protect the church as well, and see how can we be proactive even this Sunday of helping to prevent some of these things to occur, that we can identify them and then we have a plan to do it. So that's my that's my biggest thing is just just start with the conversation. There's sure. a lot to unpack on it, but that's right. the key point right. is just engage in the conversation and, and not have that approach of, well, it just, it hasn't happened to us so far. So we should be okay. That's a, that's a very poor approach to take for church safety and security. All right. And these, when you keep talking, these comments keep back up. So also, especially in the South where we minister, the thinking is we got 12 people concealed carrying our church. We're covered. No, you're not right. Because just because they got a concealed carry doesn't mean they're allowed to carry in the church, right? I mean, this is no. South Carolina. Yeah. So what I'm saying is don't yes. assume because you got some great ex-military or ex-policemen uh, that really may know how to handle a firearm, but don't yeah. assume that your church is covered. You must you must go and talk to whoever's got your insurance. I, I that just came to my mind. So absolutely, yes. Anyway. Don't don't make assumptions on your coverage on that. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, twelve people having a gun. Ministries that say we just want as many people to carry as possible can be a very yeah. dangerous situation. Yes, uh, crossfire. So. I, yeah. Okay. So pastors, deacons, maybe you're well equipped in this. I don't know. I was not. Okay. So I beg of you to find out uh, how you are covered and make sure you are covered because one allegation or one wrong move in your ministry will no longer be, or may not, you may, your ministry may survive it, but it will not be as effective. Okay. All right, Jason. Hey, lots. Thanks for your, just your burden for the, the church of Christ and, and how much you help us and, and, and we just appreciate it. So we'll do another podcast on the other burdens later. Okay. Jason, yeah, sounds great. And we'll put this in the in the show notes and we'll catch up. All right. Thank you so sounds, much. Sounds great, Marsh. Thank you, sir. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.